This episode of Fermented Adventure, the podcast, features Stacy Jurich of Bucci Mama's Kombucha. We had a wonderful conversation learning about kombucha and how Bucci Mama's got started. Be sure to reach out to Stacy and Bucci Mama's and let them know what you thought about the podcast. Cheers! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, craft spirit enthusiasts, and those interested in the intoxicating world of craft distilleries, cideries, meaderies, wineries, and the occasional foray into breweries. It's Rich Shane, and welcome to Fermented Adventure, the podcast, where we bring you the fascinating people that are making the mash, fermenting, distilling, bottling, pouring, and delivering to you some of the finest libations in the world. Before we get started, here are a few housekeeping items. Thank you for bringing the podcast into wherever you are and whatever you're doing. We truly are grateful that you've chosen to listen and make us part of your day. It would mean the world to us if you left a five-star review. This helps us climb in the rankings and it makes it easier for others to find us. Don't hesitate to leave us your comments as well. If the podcast didn't meet your expectations, tell us why. We're always striving to improve. You can find us at fermentedadventure.com. We are on Instagram and Facebook as Fermented Adventure. Email us at fermentedadventure at gmail.com. All right, FA Nation, let's meet our guests. She's Stacy Jurich. I'm Rich Shane. This is Fermented Adventure, the podcast. Stacy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. We get to talk today about, for Dawn and I, one of our favorite things, and that's kombucha. And we are talking Bucci Mama's kombucha. Stacy, how did all that get started? Well, it began in my home kitchen. Um, I actually first learned how to make kombucha while I was living in Hawaii. Um, I was caretaking for someone's home, um, and they went out of town for a month and they said, here, take care of our kombucha while we're gone. Um, so, you know, living in a beautiful place, making this health tonic, come back to Toledo. Um, and I just had to have it. I had to have it. It became a staple part of my diet. And so I started brewing it at home and it was not very good when I started, but I couldn't stop because I loved it so much. So then I was brewing like five gallon batches and sharing it with friends. And then I was, selling it to friends of friends and delivering it on my bicycle. Um, and then I just had pretty much started a business without even realizing it. Um, and then kind of, we was like, all right, let's see about making this, you know, like legit and went through the process and started selling commercially in 2015. All right. Let's go back to Hawaii. Sure. And yeah, most people, most please. people, when they say, you know, house it, watch our dog, our cat, our toucan, I don't know. For them, it's like, watch our kombucha. What was it that you needed to do when you were watching kombucha? You know, okay, so are you familiar with the SCOBY? Yes. Okay, so the SCOBY is the living, it's the mother, it's the mama, hence Bucci Mamas. Um, you basically have to keep the mother alive, which isn't really that hard. I mean, technically, you could probably go out of town for a couple of months and it would be fine um, as long as it has enough liquid that it's sitting in so that all the liquid doesn't evaporate and then just kind of dry out. Um, but really it kind of just means like feed it, which would be feeding it, um, uh, tea and sugar, which is the food for the culture. Um, and then the culture feeds on the sugar and that's how the, the kombucha is made. Um, but yeah, so, so babysitting a SCOBY means, feeding it, brewing the kombucha, you know, if you want to go above just the minimal, you know, just keep it active. Now you said SCOBY. I know what that is, but maybe our listeners are hearing that for the first time. You talked a little bit about feeding it and nurturing it, but what in the mother, what is the SCOBY? SCOBY actually stands for a symbiotic colony of bacteria and yeast. S-C-O-B-Y. So if you're making beer and you've got your yeast, it's like a dry powdered yeast. Um, the, the culture in kombucha is a pellicle. It's a living pellicle. I mean, I, I, I wish I could, you know, take you down to our fermentation room um, to show everyone. These, these are really unusual looking things if you've never seen one before. So it's like a, often a disc of some kind, but they grow to the size of the vessel that they're in. So when we're making our larger batches, I mean, we've got some that are maybe 24 to 30 inches in diameter. 
um, and they can grow in, in thickness too. Um, there, it's a living organism, um, and they they replicate itself. So you could you know take a chunk off of one, put it in a new barrel with uh, some sugar and tea, and it'll start growing and making a new one. Very much like a sourdough starter, something yeah. that you continue like a sour mash, like you continue to re-add that and it continues to grow on its own, this life, this experience from Hawaii and babysitting your SCOBY and coming to Toledo. What was it? I mean, there were probably so many experiences you had while in Hawaii, but what was it about kombucha that stood out for you that said, I need to make this. I need to feed my soul with this. What, what is it? I think it's a couple things. Um, first of all, it was just, I, I, I'm not really someone who like considers myself a kitchen person. I'm not like, like I gotta be making something, but it, but it was something about this that was like so weird and unique that was like captivating almost like, um, that just kind of kept me doing it. Like, okay, I make the tea and then I've got this weird thing and I put it together. Um, but I think the other thing was like, this was my first experience where I was making you know, dare I say medicine for myself, but I'm making a tonic for myself. And that was really empowering. Um, and since being in Hawaii and drinking it regularly, I was, I had grown in my, my health journey, um, to where I really needed it or wanted it and saw firsthand the effects of how probiotics were improving my, my health. Um, so it was kind of also like, I need to keep doing this to stay healthy and stay on this, this journey. Um, so yeah, and it was and then once I got into like the flavoring component where I was adding in herbs, it was over. I was hooked because <laughs> from there, it's like, there's this whole world, like you can make whatever you want. And now we've got, um, you know, not to get too far ahead, but we have a, a tap, a kombucha tap room. Uh, where we rotate, you know, four to five kombucha flavors every week. And it's just like the sky's the limit. We can combine and play around with so many different flavors and so many wonderful herbs. And we get locally grown herbs, you know, in season here. And it's it's just such a fun, fun process. I love how you anticipate my questions and you have the answers ready, even <laughs> though I'm thinking about questions. That's awesome. Read your mind. <laughs> Maybe that's kombucha. Maybe it helps you read people's minds. <laughs> yes. Talk about that wellness journey for you and the other health opportunities that kombucha provides. So I see, uh, so in the Midwest, in Toledo, kombucha is still relatively new. If you're in California, it's everywhere. If you're on the East Coast, it's pretty much everywhere. So that was part of the other thing about starting this business is I had traveled enough to see that kombucha was becoming popular and I had a little bit of window to get it going in Toledo. Um, but it's been an educational journey and, you know, still doing a lot of education as to what kombucha is. And part of that is someone is kind of stepping into this natural lifestyle or they want to eat better or they see things about like eat local or, um, you know, whatever, there's all these fads lately, you know, in the last decade, there've been all these fads, like probiotics was a big one, you know, sourdough and, um, yeah, I can't think of other ones, but anyway, so someone might be like saying, I really want to improve my health naturally, uh, with my diet and kombucha really kind of is like this gateway almost, or like this, the first entry point that a lot of people think that are like hear about is probiotics and then it's kombucha. Like, well, what is kombucha? And then you're like, okay, well, kombucha, um, you know, should I look for one with really low sugar? And then people are thinking about like getting less sugar in their diets, um, eliminating maybe other drinks that aren't serving them well, like soda or something like that. Um, and then, yeah, so for, that was my experience. And I, I see that too with other people where it's like, I'm going to start uh, eliminating processed foods uh, as much as possible adding in supplements, adding in uh, my maybe your green smoothie or something. And, and kombucha was just like a huge part of that shift for me. Um, and I see that with a lot of our customers as well. Buchi Mama, how did you come up with the name? 
So I actually can't take credit for coming up with that name. Um, it was actually a, a pretty distant, like, I don't even know the person's name. Um, someone was at our house. It was a friend of my boyfriend at the time. And it was his girlfriend at the time. And I was like sitting, I, I can, uh, maybe I'll share a picture on social or something writing on a napkin, like different ideas for the name with this group of people that was just kind of hanging out in our kitchen. Um, and, and she said, Gucci mamas, um, and it stuck and I spelled it differently. And it was like Gucci mamas, Toledo tonic. And then it was Gucci mamas, mycobotanical tonic. Cause I was adding uh, medicinal mushrooms to the kombucha at the time. And then it went to Gucci mamas probiotic tonic. And then I was just like, you know what, let's just simplify. And so really it was like, I think three or four years ago that it became Gucci Mama's Kombucha. You have this bear-like, um, it, it, you know, it's it's almost like the symbol. What's the connection yeah. with the bear? Um, so that's the mama bear. I don't know kind of where it came from, um, you know, where the idea, but it was just like, I got to have this mama bear who's the Gucci Mama. Um, so my friend actually drew that logo and that was our, our first logo and it's stuck with us ever since. I love it. And being from Pennsylvania, it almost looks a little bit like a nitty lion. So um, not okay. to upset those uh, people in Ohio, you know, those <laughs> Buckeye fans or something like that. But uh, yeah, it's yeah this, no offense taken here. It, it, you're right. It's it's this mama bear and you almost are like, it, it's it's a cute little symbol, but you're almost thinking to yourself, you know, we're, we're this is going to take care of me. You know, this is this is good for me, and uh -huh. it's approachable. And I love the names you you sent us: Summer Serenade and Fairy Tale and Temple of Gold. And then you said, are, "Are you still doing something with medicinal mushrooms?" Because that that just to me is sounds. And there's a lot of stuff being done with mushrooms now. So is that something you're still doing? Well, we kind of stopped doing that mostly because it was an added expense for us, and people were at least here in Toledo were not familiar with it. I mean, this was in 2016, 2015, right off the bat. And um, like by the time I was done explaining to them what kombucha was, I hadn't even had a chance to tell them what the medicinal mushrooms were. And it was like, okay, this isn't really like appropriate for the time. Um, so just now with the opening of our tap room, we're considering like devoting a tap to something where it's like a mushroom tonic of some kind. To me, and, and again, you start to see now mushrooms are entering that health and wellness sphere yes. in more of a production space, right? And we're starting to discover, or as consumers, we're finding that there are certain values and uh, how, how they'd affect our health and wellness. And I think it's interesting with something like a kombucha, with what you're doing with Bucci Mama's kombucha, that... You're, you're really exploring the whole wellness side of this product. And to me, that, that makes it just better for all of us that, that want to live. And, and look, we love fermented, uh, we, you know, fermented adventure. We love fermented items. And, you know, we've, we've taken in the past, we've added a little vodka, we've added a little gin, you know, we've taken our kombucha and we've, we've made it, you know, because in, in, you talked about the sugar content. So you're getting these herbs and you're getting these uh, flavors that, that really do well with the spirit. What is your feeling or what are your thoughts about hard kombucha? Pardon the interruption. Thank you so much for listening to Fermented Adventure, the podcast. Could you do us a favor? Hit that follow button. It makes it easier for others to find us and it helps us climb in the rankings. Take a screenshot of the podcast, post it, Tag us and let everyone know that you listen to the Fermented Adventure podcast. Now, back to our podcast. So I'm definitely one to make a kombucha cocktail for myself, um, you know. And as far as the, the hard kombuchas, um, I, I don't know. I, I can't really say a ton about them because I haven't really tried that many. I see that they're very popular. I see that they're doing well, you know, definitely on the, the West Coast and the East Coast. Um, I think they're really fun. I've made a kombucha beer before, which was really good. I've done like a shandy style um, and then also just, you know, from scratch, uh, a kombucha beer. So I don't know. Um, I think on one hand, it's a little 
misleading because there's still like the overarching like idea that it's a health drink. So it's going to be like a healthier alcohol for you. And I think that's a little misleading. Um, I think it's also misleading and a, a little confusing. Like, I don't even know myself, like, are there probiotics in it? You know, how are the probiotics existing in an alcoholic state? I don't know. So I think it's like, it's a really cool sector for the kombucha stuff. Um, I personally like just kind of stick to what I like, which is pretty simple and nice, like, uh, wines and just like scotch. Um, so I don't really like venture into like the RTD cocktail industry myself. Um, so I don't know. I can't say a ton. It's definitely not going to be some like a, a road that an avenue that I'm going to be taking this, this company. Stacy, one of the things that resonates with me is your knowledge and your passion for what you do. And had you not gone to Hawaii or had you not discovered kombucha, what would have been your path, let's say, seven, eight years ago? What would what would Stacey be doing right now? Oh, my gosh. That's a really good question. And I can't say that I've given it a ton of thought. Um, I guess. So I, I have a degree from Ohio State. I studied world economy and business. So I was definitely like on a business trajectory. Although shortly before graduating, I thought I would maybe switch into like environmental sciences. Um, and, you know, like... There's been times over the course of the nine years of running this business where I'm like, you know, I'm just over it. I want to do something else. And I've considered going into environmental law. Um, and now that I have little kids, I'm like, maybe I'll just, you know, work at their school and just kind of, I don't know, do something com completely left field. All right. I've got these cans staring at me. Summer yeah. Serenade, Fairy Tale, and Temple of Gold. Which one should I open first? Hmm. Okay. Let's go with Temple of Gold first. Okay. Temple of Gold. Now, this is ginger, turmeric, and lemongrass. So, again, you're reading my mind. You know I love ginger and turmeric. Do that every day. I make a tea out of it. And, uh, awesome. you know, this is the one that stood out for me um, to say, wow, how did you know? <laughs> yeah, that's great. Uh, so yeah, Temple of Gold has been, um, this was one of the flavors that I started making before I was, you know, officially in business. At the time I called it Five Alive and it was ginger, turmeric, and I think maybe ginkgo, um, lemon balm and something. So it's kind of like, we've gone through a different, a few different variations. Um, so it was Five Alive and then it was, we called it cold something anyway it was like a cold remedy kind of thing and then now and then now it became temple of gold so this is our best seller i mean i think ginger and turmeric kombucha are kind of like the top you know most well-known kombucha flavors what really approaches me on the nose really quickly is there's this harmony of notes that play together so I got the ginger, I got the lemongrass, I got the turmeric. Obviously, that's what it says. But when they come together, I almost get this peachy note that comes out and, and, and then the tea comes up. So it's almost like watching the um, conductor of an orchestra start to bring up different aspects of what you're, you know, what you're nosing here. And also the salivatory glands are starting to kick in. But yeah. there's this wonderful effervescence on the nose. It's refreshing. It's light. It's it's inviting. So even on the nose, because again, I mean, one of the aspects of you know Dawn and I loving kombucha, you know, we we want to have great kombucha, and some sometimes there's that little bit of letdown. So to you and honing your craft, this you know we get to experience something right now that is. Um, you know, th this is a craft. This is something that's painstaking for you. As you said, you, you've come to different variations of the name or how you're putting stuff in, ginkgo in, ginkgo out. But this is, this is the, you know, the masterpiece product where you are today. And, and that's exciting. I, I'm, I'm just welcoming this nose. It's, I could do this all day. 
you know? Yeah. But, I, your passion for this is so, so welcome and uh, refreshing. And um, so thanks for that. Hmm. Okay. I'm not sharing this one. <laughs> this one's mine. I'm going to send you, send you more. The earthiness of the turmeric. Again, I love turmeric, love ginger. The ginger's not spicy. It, it doesn't hit you like that, but you get this wonderful warmth of, of ginger and the lemon. It's almost like a lemon oil that seems to coat the palate. Um, and, and you do add those tea notes, um, from the kombucha and you are, you, you know, you're still drinking kombucha. What I, I see a lot of kombuchas today. They come in glass. And what is the thought process about, which I love these cans because um, I almost feel like, all right, now I can take this to the beach and just kind of chill with this or just sit outside and read a book or just enjoy the kombucha. What's the thought about the aluminum cans? So that's a, that's a good question. And it's uh, also timely because we actually only switched to cans uh, this past May. So this is, um, this is only our second run of cans. Um, and it, honestly, it's like a, a, a business decision and a logistical decision um, and an efficiency decision. Um, you know, and like the, the efficiencies are both environmentally, um, the production of aluminum cans is significantly better, has a significantly better carbon footprint than the manufacturing and recycling of glass. Uh, they're highly recyclable. They're, they're really easy to make. Um, they're very like accessible. We were having a lot of, um, material shortages, you know, during COVID coming out of COVID with glass. Um, so yeah, the environmental footprint was a big thing for us. Uh, the accessibility of cans, we can ship them easier. You can take them yeah, again to like, uh, the beach, concert venues, um, sports arenas, things like that, uh, festivals. And, and then also this was an opportunity for us to be able to start scaling up more uh, by using a co-packer and taking all of that packaging uh, that we were doing in-house, you know, letting, letting someone with much more efficient equipment take care of that for us. Uh, and that frees up our time to be more creative and to just really hone in on the craft. I'm enjoying the balance between that sour note, the earthiness, and look, right on the can, it's gluten-free, non-GMO, right? And vegan. Yep. And also, this is 50% less sugar than maybe what is being produced on the market today, which I enjoy because you're not getting overwhelmed with the sweetness you allow those um, specific ingredients to stand out and play. And this is something that's very enjoyable. And then I start to think, okay, great. This would do well with a gin. This does well with vodka. I would even go so far to maybe make like a little um, Gucci Mama's margarita out of this or something. So yeah. there's, there's a lot you can do to make a cocktail out of this, but just allowing it to you know enjoy on its own. How do you go about sourcing these ingredients? Because you did talk about that they're local. Yes. Yeah, so with the local ingredients, that's um, really something we just can kind of do for our smaller batches in our tap room. Um, I'd love to get to a point where we find a producer who um, like has the scale of inventory that we can use for, for our cans. Um, I will say with the Temple of Gold specifically, I've tried like, uh, we had lemon verbena for a long time, and then we did lemon balm. Um, but really, like going with the lemon grass um, has has it really like brings out that that those tea flavors and the tea profiles that you were tasting, um, and and rounds out that that earthiness. Um, and and that was something we've done across the board is eliminate any juices, so they're all botanical, and that helps bring the sugar the the sugar content down as well. All right, summer serenade or fairy tale? Where are we going next? Let's go with the fairy tale. That's going to be a, again more on like the savory side, um, and then we'll finish with a really bright one, which is the serenade. I love this pink color. It so matches the label. Yes. Holy cow! I wish I would have paid more attention to the gold the temple temple of gold because 
I should have matched it up against that label because this yeah, is so almost with, like a perfect a match. Gold, we do add a little bit of safflower, which gives it this really, really beautiful golden flake golden color and um not not it doesn't really play in too much of the um the flavor tasting but yeah the fairy tale we really go in hard with the hibiscus um my husband always says that when there's like a really strong saturation of hibiscus he kind of gets almost like this tomato taste from it like it kind of goes into like the savory world um and and that's kind of where this is kind of heading where you've got like just these well, I'll let, I'll let you share your thoughts on it. <laughs> the first thing I didn't realize and I didn't look at, to see what the ingredients or the highlighted ingredients were. And the the mint kind of stumped me, not knowing it was there. Because I felt this menthol, this warming note in my nose after you get the refreshing. It, this almost nose is like a wine. It huh. really does. And you... But that mint just kind of warms your nose. And I'm like, what was that? <laughs> yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's kind of like a, a secret player, but it's a big player. Again, the, the, what I get, I get the tea. I get, I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm nosing a kombucha, but this is so much like what I would expect, you know, what, you know, from nosing a, a wine. And it's a delightful, refreshing nose. What, you know, What's the process for you uh, or your team to come up with these flavor profiles? You know, I, I'm wondering what the um, what, what the meetings are like when you start throwing out, oh, we, you know, how about this and how about this? It usually starts with um, maybe one herb that we're like, oh my gosh, I just had Damiana for the first time. And that was a big one for us. Um, we... We have a history of probably maybe like 12 different flavors that we've named and packaged and sold over the years. Um, and one of them was Pomona Divine, and that was a, a good food award winner for us. Um, and that one was uh, Pear, Damiana, and Rose. And so anyway, it might just be like an introduction of a new herb or like, hey, let's really explore Damiana. Or another one like that was Balsam Fur, uh, where I ordered like five pounds of Balsam Fur from uh, a farm in Maine. And it was like, oh, let's just put this in everything until we, you know, until we, it lands somewhere. Um, and then other times it was like, hey, ginger and turmeric, you know, these are going to be the, our staples. What can we use to to surround that? Um, so yeah, it kind of it kind of can come from anywhere. I love the dry finish on this. Again, I think mm -hmm. until that mint kicks in, you really experience almost like drinking a wine. Like, like it's rosé. So it's almost like drinking this rosé. Yeah. The yeah. mint kicks in, but the mint brings out also those tea notes as well. So almost like drinking a mint tea, that's the experience that you get. So you, you start out by, all right, I'm drinking, I'm, I'm sipping on a wine. Wait a second. Now I'm sipping on a menthol, like minty experience, yeah. warming, yeah. peppermint. Oh, wait, there's tea. And the tea, I think, was what creates this the, the dry, almost like a tannic experience where yes. that's what I would get if I was doing something maybe aged in oak. So wonderful. It, truthfully, I would tell you with what you're doing with Bucci's Mama Kombucha, this is unlike, I would say, anything that we've enjoyed because it's a little bit different. It's a little bit I, – I use the word craft and I don't want that to become so broad – but this is your take on kombucha. This is your experience that you want to share with the world. And I think when you get lost in that sea of sweeter kombuchas or less flavorful kombuchas, this is a wonderful experience for what you're doing. Thank you so much. Never had it. This is wonderful. Like, <laughs> no, no. How do we? How do we get this? How do people get? If you're not in Toledo, I mean, you ship to us. But is there a website that you have? Is there an ordering process? How does that work? Yeah, we we ship nationwide at buchimama.com slash shop. We have a subscription option that folks can select um, or just like a one-off order, of course. And I actually created the code uh, fermented that any listener can use the code fermented and get 10% off. Very nice. Thank you. 
Now, yeah. while I'm experiencing this, I'm wondering, like, what happens if you add a little Prosecco to this and, and heighten the bubbles and, and, and heighten maybe a little bit more wine or a little more grape essence in there? So talk about, I mean, we've, we've done this Temple of Gold. We've talked about the fairy tale. You've talked about a, a, a Bucci cocktail, a kombucha cocktail. What are some of the ways that you like to um, play with these? So the fairy tale definitely makes a great mimosa. Um, you know, just add a little uh, orange juice. And, I, you know, I'm not like a mixologist by any means. So, you know, someone might say like, well, you wouldn't do that. So forgive me if I like, you know, I'm not a purist on any of these things. But, um, you know, just adding a little bit of, of bubbles at Prosecco and orange juice with fairy tale. You know, it's amazing. Um, and I, and the thing is, like, I, you know, am definitely at someone who doesn't like to go the sweet route with any of my mixed drinks. So, you know, just keeping it nice and dry with that mimosa. Um, I put tequila in just about any of my kombuchas. I, I <laughs> no see. I got it. it. No I, I said tequila. And, and for some reason, I, I could tell that this is like, ah, we're making yeah. these for tequila. Yes. Um, we were just, uh, this weekend using the summer serenade with Mezcal. Um, and it was like, that was it. We didn't like add another thing. We didn't add a piece of lime. I mean, I'm sure we could have, um, but it was just those two things and it was just delightful. All right. We had the guys from Valor on and, uh, they, we, we, we have their tequila. So we're going to try the summer serenade with not today, but uh, oh, okay. We'll, I was just saying, let's go. <laughs> we'll try it with, with with their tequila. I just okay. opened up the summer serenade. I, I just love the mindset. Again, not overly sweet. You really get a, a lot of opportunity for the flavors to be highlighted versus the tongue to be coated with that 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 sweetness. So you really get more enjoyment out of what you're creating. The summer serenade is lavender. It's lemon and it is, what is that word? Tulsi. Tulsi. What's a Tulsi? So Tulsi is also known as holy basil. Um, and it is like a highly revered herb in um, Indian culture. And so it's in the, the um, you know, it's a holy basil. And it really kind of has these notes of kind of like this hybrid of basil and mint. And it's a, a very bright, very forward um, and that herb we do actually source. It isn't necessarily local to us, but it is a small organic farm called Herbal Revolution. Um, and they just they they shipped us this Tulsi, and it had just been harvested and dried on their farm. And like before even opening the package, I mean, it was just so aromatic, and just filled the fermentation room with this smell. Um, and it's just like you can it just feels and smells and tastes medicinal. Um, and it's it's a, a, a great herb. It's an adaptogenic herb. Um, and so this drink is just so refreshing um, and and just so good for you. What I love the balance between the first one we did with the Temple of Gold to the Summer Serenade, the Temple of Gold with the lemongrass was almost like an oily experience where that coated your tongue. The lemon in here is that citrus experience that really takes it, it. The lemon to me is that carrier that brings you to that basil. And that Tulsi that you talk about is, again, what happened with that fairy tale with the mint. It's almost like, what was that? Because it, yeah. it, it, it takes you to a place and you start to, you go from here to here. And it's like, wow, that was so much fun to experience. This is the thing, like these kombuchas, I can honestly say this is the first time I think we've had sipping kombucha, you know, that you just yeah. want to just sip and slow down and enjoy versus, you know, either a thirst quencher or I find this that that's what kombucha does for me. It, it's a thirst quencher as well as as we talked about the health benefits, the the probiotics, um, healthy gut. And now I get all those things, but I get to just kind of sip and relax and enjoy so many levels of flavor. Again, I want to be around the uh, product yeah. development table when you say, oh, I can get a hold of this little ingredient. Let's let's play with this and see how this works. Yeah, and it, it is 
something that I like about kombucha, um, you know, if you're, if you're drinking, I guess, a wine or, you know, maybe a beer or something, you know, it's like, okay, you've got your first sip and then it's like, don't just kind of have your first sip. But then, you know, that's really just kind of coating your mouth. Um, and then once you've kind of got that in there, then you're like, okay, what's the next sip taste like? And then what's the next sip taste like? And I think Tulsi is like that where you're like, oh, you know, like, okay, I've had Tulsi, but we've done Tulsi lots of times, but then having this Tulsi that was just harvested, I mean, it's like a whole new ball game um, and a whole, it's like a really, really bold, bright flavor. That's like, oh, that's what Tulsi can taste like. So even just like the quality of ingredients gives you this whole new taste, like flavor profile. Um, and so your, your first sip is going to be different than your second sip. And that's going to be different than your last sip. Um, and I think that's important too, for a lot of kombucha drinkers is like, or I'm sorry, for non-kombucha drinkers, if they're having kombucha for the first time, it's like they take a sip and they're kind of like, you know, like that, what am I drinking? And it's like, well, you know, if you're used to like the, a, a sweet palate, let, you know, give it a second, you know, <laughs> taste the sourness and be okay with that and know that like, this is going to be a little different. Um, and I kind of try to give people a heads up about that. You know, okay, this is your first time trying kombucha. It's not going to be sweet. If that's what you're expecting, like, you know, get it, get it out of your mind. Um, yeah, I don't get the overwhelming. There. Yeah. I don't get the old, you know, and I understand it's like anything else that if somebody's having something for the first time, you want them to like it. You want them to appreciate it. But I don't get the overly sourness that I may get from another kombucha. Hmm. I get a pleasantness that that's a flavor that I want to experience, but not that's going to be off-putting where I make that, you know, that, that hey, I just had that medicine as a kid. Ugh. Why'd you make me take, why'd you make me take that? It was horrible. This is not. This is so pleasant. And again, I think if you're looking for something that you can experience, this is special. And this is really wonderful. What are some of yes. those flavors that you have on tap right now? Or maybe some of those, uh, you know, things you're, you're playing around with that uh, those Toledo folks can experience in their tap room that maybe haven't hit the can yet. So one of the flavors we have on right now is one of our, our favorites, which is a pear elderflower. And we've done elderflower in, in um, you know, like I said, we just did the can. So everything prior to May was all in bottles. So, uh, uh, you know, I'm going to reference bottles, but um, we, we did an elderflower in bottles and elderflower for us is one of those herbs where making it in a five gallon batch versus making it in a hundred gallon batch, let's say it's so different. And when we make it in these small batches for our tap room, I mean, it's just so special um, to really taste like those really delicate notes of the elderflower. So pear elderflower is one of our favorites and it's very, very champagne-y. Um, it's very fun. Just like I could just guzzle it all day. Um, we've got a hibiscus cinnamon on right now, kind of like the Jamaica, you know, drink that's common in Mexico. Um, <clears throat> we had an orange vanilla that was made with orange peel um, and vanilla tea. Uh, we have a chai that we make very often. It's like chai kombucha is kind of one of our, our customer favorites. Um, we had the pear, Daniana and Rose that I mentioned on. We uh, had the customer request that one since we're not bottling that one anymore. Oh my gosh. We do an herbal root beer kombucha. Uh, we've got one that's got the Tulsi safflower. Um we had a cherry sage on last week. I mean, we just, we get really creative. All right. So for, the, for those that will never see the video, I'm, every time you name another one, my face lights up and I'm like, <laughs> wait, that was just better than the last one. And just some of these flavors, the, the, the combinations, these are a lot of things that I've not heard of or experienced in kombucha. So those sound very exciting. Mm -hmm. You mentioned guzzling, and I've always wanted to think about this, or I, I've thought about this. Can you drink too much kombucha? So the best answer I've had to that is that your body is going to self-regulate, just as it would if you've had too much of anything. And it's like, okay, if your body's like, oh, that's too much, you know, you know, maybe 
we might like throw up or something. I don't know. Okay, um, let's not do that. <laughs> but um, you know, I, I would say like the most I've seen someone consume would be a growler, which is sixty four ounces, you know, in a day. That's fine. Some people just prefer to have like four ounces in the morning, and that's their kombucha for the day. Um, but I don't know. I don't. I mean, I guess you can have too much of anything. True. Right. Any anything yeah. in life, you can have too much of anything. Are there flavors? I mean, you, you mentioned so many. I'm I'm thinking. Have you done a hop kombucha? Um, I always enjoy that. I don't like hoppy beer, but I love you know hops used in cider and mead. And have you done something with kombucha? Yeah, I'm the exact same way. Um, like I, you know, an IPA. No, thank you. But once I tried hops and kombucha, I was like, whoa. Okay, like, and I saw hops as a plant and not just this thing used in beer um, and learned about all the different health benefits and historical uses of hops. And it was really just so intriguing. Um, so we have had a few different bottled flavors of hops. I think we did a, something with hops and tangerine. Um, I can't even, I can't even, it's called Sunseeker. And I'm like, okay, what, what did we even have in it? And then we had... Um, Hello Helios, which was like a more botanical where we kind of mix lavender in with it. Um, but yeah, I love using hops and kombucha. Okay. Oh, this, the, one of, you, you need to start canning all of these because <laughs> like I said, every every flavor profile, everything you come up with sounds, well, that sounds more interesting than the last one. And they're yeah. all great. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, another fun one we've been having fun with lately is uh, using yerba mate. Um one of our, again, one of our other original ones was yerba mate, cardamom, lavender, blueberry, and vanilla. And that one was amazing. We just kind of started circling back to using yerba mate. And a couple of weeks ago, we had yerba mate, basil, mint, kombucha. Um, and that one, I think I probably drank like three out of the five gallons of that one <laughs> over the course of a week. I couldn't stop refilling my growler, but um, I'm, I'm considering canning that one because it was just so good. You talked about in the beginning of our discussion how you were making this, you were making it for friends, and then you were selling it. And then you realized, wow, I kind of stumbled along myself into a business, right? But what were some of those aha moments for you that you were on to something that it wasn't just something you were enjoying that, wow, this is, this is kind of growing on its own and you felt really great about the, the journey you were on? So Toledo is a really cool place. I don't know if you've ever, have you ever been to Toledo? Driven through Toledo. And, you know, the only thing I kept thinking is somewhere there's Corporal Klinger out there in the world. And okay. I wanted to say hi. <laughs> that and the Mondays, yeah, well, I don't time, know. Next time you drive through, and I think that's a lot of people's experience, you know, because we've had the intersection of a couple of highways. But next time you drive through, stop, you know, of course, come to the taproom and let me know you're coming. But um Anyway, the, the thing that's wonderful about Toledo is like it's a it's a bigger city, but it's it's a small town where everyone kind of knows everyone, and or uh, you know you're only separated by like two degrees, and people have just just from day one have been so supportive and excited that we get our own kombucha company in Toledo, and there's kind of been this community mindset around it, um, and so you know I think for me like getting the first batches out there and there's at every phase of growth, it's like, okay, well now I need to figure out how to use kegs and figure out how to keep the carbonation and figure out, you know, now I have to make 50 gallons instead of 15. And every step has just been like this huge learning curve where it's like, ah, you know, it just, it didn't translate as how I wanted it to, but I'm like, well, this is all I've got. I got to, you know, bottle it and get it out there. And, and people just were so receptive and, um, so supportive to help me keep going. Um, so I think that were a lot of those were a lot of little aha moments to see that you know the community was receiving it really well. Um, a lot of people were their health was positively impacted from the kombucha. Um, you know, has been like a lot of little aha moments for me. Um, yeah, just all those little ones along the way. <laughs> I hope the Toledo Tourism Board recognizes you as an ambassador uh, of what Toledo's doing because really, honestly, what you do is 
you create this desire. I don't want to just drink Buchi Mama's kombucha. I want to come to the tap room. I want to explore. Toledo at one point, as I understand, used to be most of what we was manufactured in the United States may have come from Toledo. It was the the epicenter of a lot of products um, that sadly are not being made anymore, but it's a great industrial. It, it almost sounds to me like where you come in, the creativity, the starting a business, the ability to just start from a little scoby. And now you're making batches and batches of kombucha, which is really loved by the Toledo Toledo whites. What do you what do you call a Toledo? Toledo win. Okay. Toledo so win, yeah. I think that's wonderful. I'm 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 grateful that we get to experience this and where you've come onto our radar. And that's what we love about our fermented adventure. We never know where it's going to take us and who uh-huh. we're going to meet tomorrow. Is there? Right now, is there a kombucha convention? Are people in the kombucha world coming together and meeting once a year to talk about it? Yes, there's the Kombucha Brewers International, um, KBI. And there's the, they hold a convention, I think it's like every February or March in California. Have you been to that? Or obviously, it sounds like I, I think, I but maybe not. Okay. Yeah, so that yeah, might be somewhere where you show up. Gucci Mamas and let them know what's going on in Toledo, right? Yeah, yeah. What is Gucci Mamas, you know, where do you see yourself in 2028? What does that look like for you? Oh, that's a good question. Um, so we just became employee owned this year, which was another really exciting step for our, for our, our business journey. Um, so, you know, as a, a new mom, um, with like this business, you know, I'm kind of looking to stay in as like a creative role and, you know, kind of doing some of the managing stuff, but really looking to turn some of the reins over to, to our employee owners. Um, and that's been a big, a big, uh, big change for us. Um, but it's exciting too, because we're also with our new tap room rooting down in, in our community more. So while at the same time, you know, we're poised with our cans to really kind of expand that distribution. So, you know, by 2028, you know, you might be seeing us, you know, somewhere in Philadelphia in a grocery store. Um, and so, yeah, I think, you know, wholesale distribution is kind of always on our radar. Um, and then, bringing more, uh, people, you know, the, the, the sober community is growing. Um, the health community is growing. People looking for alternative tap rooms, um, is growing. So really kind of building on, uh, the foundation here in Toledo and, and expanding like events and opportunities in our tap room and, um, and workshops is kind of also on our radar. Um, I'm going to be adding, um, something kind of cool to our online store, which is, uh, just like, a. am really like not tech <laughs> good with tech, but I used to do kombucha workshops that were really, really popular. Um, but then it kind of started being like, well, why don't I just record a podcast or not a podcast, sorry, record a, yeah, you can record a podcast. I think people <laughs> would listen to you all the time. Yeah, well, thanks. Um, record a, a workshop and then people can just buy the recording and watch it anytime that, that suits them and then, you know, I'll ship them a SCOBY. So that's going to be kind of something that's coming up on our online store. So really just reaching a wider audience with our online store, with wider distribution, and at the same time, just rooting down more here. You're finding ways to share your passion. Now, one of the things you said is you taste, you take a sip, you take another sip, and the the, the flavor profile changes and I came back to that um, Temple of Gold. And what I find is, too, you pour a little bit and let it warm up. It sits cold. We are drinking them cold. But when you let it warm up and the air hits it, there's additional flavors that come out. So that's that goes back to me. Those people in that tap room get to enjoy this and experience this. But there's so many different layers that keep coming out. And that's that's fun. This has really been an enjoyable experience for me today. Um, we'll get we'll get on that website uh, again. Take advantage of hitting fermented. That was a very nice gift to offer our listeners. Um, and if you like kombucha, you're going to love this. If you are new to kombucha, this is a great place to start. Um, and I can see how many you know. I, I can see this you know going into that grocery store and saying, oh, hmm, 
I've not seen this brand before. This is exciting. I want to try this. So is there anything we haven't talked today on the podcast, Stacey, that you want listeners to know about you or about Bucci Mamas? Anything that you want to share? I think the only thing would just be to to tail on to what you were just saying, um, you know, for like new and veteran kombucha drinkers. We also get a lot of people who think they're not kombucha drinkers because they've had really bad kombucha before. And they're like, ah, that, it's not for me. I'm not a kombucha. I'm not a kombucha guy or whatever. And it's like, okay, well, you know, kombucha is a craft beverage. It's a, it's a wild ferment. Um, and there's no two kombuchas that are alike, even, even in the same brand. Um, and even, even in our same flavors, there's always variations. So I would always just encourage people, um, you know, there's a lot of large kombucha companies, like I think Kavita is like the Pepsi, Pepsi brand of, of kombucha. Um, and you had mentioned KBI or asked me about KBI and KBI is working on creating a like regular regulatory standard as to what kombucha is. Cause there's a lot of kombucha that doesn't actually go through a fermentation process. It's like carbonated juice with laboratory probiotics. So technically it's not really a kombucha, but they call it a kombucha. Um, so anyway, I would just encourage people out there who've, who've tried kombucha and said they don't like it. Look around it, look and see if you have a local kombucha in your community, try their brand, try another brand, um, you know, order Bucci Mamas if you want to, but I just want to encourage people like kombucha. It really is a good health tonic. Um, it's a great resource for live enzymes. And we didn't even talk about that, that it's actually a living drink, um, which has a whole world of health benefits in and of itself, in addition to the probiotics. Um, so, yeah, I guess don't give up on kombucha. Just try a different brand. And there's going to be one out there that, that someone's going to like. All right. You're the ambassador for Toledo. You're the ambassador yes. for kombucha. And I'm grateful for your time today. I'm, I'm grateful to have this experience uh, thank you for being a friend of Fermented Adventure. And we, we at some point, we'll let you know when we're coming. We'll make that stop in Toledo only because of Bucci Mamas. No other reason. Um, so, uh, and then we'll get to see the town. We'll get to experience that. But thank you so much for this. This has been such a treat. And uh, can't wait to see all the great things that uh, you and Bucci Mamas and that employee-owned company create uh, for us to be more healthy and well and just enjoy our lives more. Thank you so much. It's been great chatting today and I'm glad you loved all the, the kombucha we sent and yeah, it's a great conversation. So thank you. Thank you, Stacy.